Kia ora, I'm Georgia. I'm Catherine. And I'm Molly. And you're listening to... Pimpod! Um, how do we start again? You normally <laughs> say hello. <laughs> yeah, okay. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode after a two-week break. It feels like it's been about a month, it, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah. yeah. It feels a, feels like a long time. Mm. Much, very needed, though. I oh, think, yeah. Wasn't it? A nice yeah. break. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yes. What have you guys been up to then in the past two weeks? Um, I've had COVID. Oh. Which, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, st- I'm feeling a lot better. I definitely, I'm not like a hundred percent my voice and like, I'm just constantly blowing my nose, but I'm almost like, I think I'm two weeks. I tested positive two weeks ago today. So like I've had it for quite a while. But, um, oh, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, it's been fun. Um, it's not fun when you're, like, quite unwell and, like, your children are also unwell. So you actually don't even get time to be sick yourself. But yeah, that's okay. And <laughs> I, you, all four of you got it? Yeah, we all got it. Layla, <gasps> Layla so was brutal. the spreader. She was the one that got it, and <laughs> she gave it. Bloody to, Layla! She gave it to everyone. Um, but yeah, Mila wasn't even really. She did, she was fine, other than maybe not eating as much as usual, which was actually a nice break for myself. She was fine. <laughs> oh that's good yeah yeah how were you how were you feeling was it just like heady and yeah I I was like um when I first got it I had a sore throat for like a day and that's when I knew I had it and then I was yeah really headachey and tired and I I felt like I was getting better after about three days and I was like yeah Mm. this hasn't lasted long and then like I went really downhill again and got quite sick again so yeah but um it's all right. Oh, that's rough. And they say to rest, don't they, as much as possible so you don't get long COVID. Yeah. Two, you two toddlers in your house. You can't rest. There's no time for resting. But, no. yeah. But it's all right. Oh, I'm so sorry that happened. Oh, yeah. it's fine. It's I'm bugger. kind of like, I'm I'm surprised I didn't get it sooner because it was literally just like spreading like wildfire at my work. Georgia, what have you been up to? Um, what have we been up to? We went away on holiday, actually, which is so nice. I feel like you're such a um, jet setter. You, I mean, you just get around New Zealand. Georgia gets around. I get around. (laughs) Um, yeah, impressive with two kids. Yeah, it was it was Florence's first flight. Actually, um, we went up to flew into Hamilton. Um, Tomo's brother and his fiance live near there. So they had a wee engagement party, which was really nice. Um, and then we had a week in Mount Monganui with Tomo's family. <gasps> oh, oh, lovely. Beautiful. Which was amazing. It honestly felt like we were at the Gold Coast. Yeah. On the Gold Coast. Wow. Yeah. It was so really nice. lovely. And the kids were pretty good. I was a little, not nervous, but you know how new place and new beds and things like that and you always worry yeah. about how they'll sleep and everything but they were so good Flo had like her best night sleep she's ever had Ooh. Oh. she did 11 hours one night 
Oh my <gasps> god! I know it was. Whoa. She went yeah six thirty till five a.m. five thirty a.m. <gasps> wow! Did you wake it, up with like extremely sore boobs? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, oh my god, is she okay? Um, <laughs> yeah. So that was really good. And then nice. when since we've yeah, been home, so she good. hasn't been so good. But that's okay. Mm. <laughs> we'll get there but yeah we were really worried um the week before yeah the week before we were meant to go we had been around my mum and she got covid and we yeah. were just like Aww. waiting um but we never got it which is bizarre because we were with her the day before she tested positive mm. um, you've had so many near misses haven't you i know i don't understand and we were Maybe testing ourselves just immune Maybe, but we were like, surely the four of us, like one of us would get it. Mm, And we had no symptoms. We still like did a couple of tests just to make sure. Yeah. But nothing, which is great. Definitely not complaining. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that was really nice. Tomo had off between Easter and Anzac. So. Oh, lovely. Yeah. That's so great. It was really good. Lots of nice family time, really. Lovely. Mm. Yeah, what have you guys yeah. been up to, Catherine? So we're going away next week. We Actually, I should be on a flight to Paris. Oh, my gosh. But I'm not. I'm sitting in my bedroom. Oh, that's a bit less um, fancy, isn't Score. it? <laughs> I know. I'm not going to have, like, Parisian baguettes and croissants for breakfast. Gutted. So, yeah, we were supposed to be flying right now. Mm. But my passport didn't arrive in time. Oh no. Which is really gutting. Yeah. And I've been that I've been such like a hounder on the phone with the passport office and the postal service and blah 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 blah. It's still not coming. Yeah. So we ended up having to change our flights, um, which was a bit of a shock to the system mm. because they doubled. Oh my god! With like the fuel crisis, yeah, um, at the moment, which was delightful. So we ended up just having to cancel them, put them into credit, and get new ones. Um, yeah. But my pass. So we're now flying uh, this weekend coming. Mm-hmm. In fact, when this is released, I should actually be on the plane. Great, but I don't have a passport still. Oh. So, luckily, the consulate has agreed to give me an emergency one. Yeah. Yeah. So, they said, I just go there. I mean, to me, it sounds a bit sketchy, but this lady, <laughs> one one man show, oh. answered the phone and said, yeah, come over on Wednesday and mm. I'll just give you like this piece of paper that has your travel details on and then you just hop on the flight and don't like deviate from your route and there you go. Okay. So. Either... I will be like in prison in Dubai, which is where I first might go to when this is released next oh week. My God. Or let's I will be about to land in in Europe. Yeah, let's fingers crossed. Let's hope it's not prison in Dubai. Yeah, fingers yeah. crossed for you there. I mean it it does sound a bit dodgy, but sometimes dodgy works out. Sometimes dodgy works out. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm in some ways it's been great because I haven't even been able to think about the fact that we're taking our kids on like a 24-hour flight. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Hopefully it all works out and I can't wait. So it'll be, it's been three years since either of mm. us have seen any family. And usually we see them at least once a year. Yeah. It'll be, and they haven't met Hector. They haven't seen Hugh since. He was tiny. Yeah. Yeah. My goodness. So we're really really excited and i'm going to my best friend's wedding oh yay 
yeah oh my gosh how awesome which i can't wait he's a little page boy oh cute Um, he's gonna look so adorable yeah and i'm bridesmaid so i can't wait that'll be so lovely Mm. she actually she sent me the order of service or like order of events for the day Mm. um and guess what time the band starts in the evening like 10 oh or early. 9 9 30 p.m 9 30 and the dj starts at 11 30 p.m oh my god are they is this an all-nighter or something clearly do they not have children no oh okay so but they're, she they're said not... this is pretty typical for irish weddings because she's um she's marrying an irish boy and it's, it's yeah. in ireland yeah and DJ at eleven thirty. I looked at it and thought, I haven't seen eleven thirty for <laughs> a very long time. Yeah, I was gonna say, um, I'd be looking at my clock at eight thirty, being like, mm, it's time to wind down now. Eight <laughs> thirty's dinner. Yeah. Like... Oh, oh my god. Wow. Okay. You 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 have to do some like have a sleep beforehand or something. It might be my first time trying coffee. Well, yeah, but don't have too much since you nearly like overdosed on green tea. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'll have to just have like a quick espresso shot. And yeah. Then, oh my gosh. And then I'll be like raring to go for the rest of the night. <laughs> oh gosh. Well, uh, that sounds so fun. Right. We should probably get into this week's episode then. Yes. Let's get started. Crack on. Today, we are so lucky to have an amazing pediatric nurse on the podcast, Shanae. Sinead has been a paediatric nurse for seven years in the Child Assessment Unit and the NICU. She is also mum to three gorgeous boys, Cooper, who is eight, Carter, who is two, and Casper, who is one. She has very kindly agreed to talk to us today about all things health-related, coughs, colds, fevers, and those inevitable bumps and bruises, all the things we worry so much about as parents. We warn you, Sinead, we have lots of questions, so let's get started. Can you tell us a bit about you, your gorgeous family, and how you became a nurse? So I'm Sinead, and I've got three boys, yeah, Cooper, Carter, and Casper. How I became a nurse, I did lots of surf life-saving when I was younger, so obviously mm. with all that first aid, and I really, I like the first aid, and I think that just really grew. And yeah, so that's really how it began. Oh, but and I just like how these like different avenues. What did you start with when you went into paediatric nursing? Uh, Plunkett for a little bit was my last placement, and I really mm-hmm. I just knew then I liked that. Um, then children's acute assessment unit, which I did love. But then I, it was a place that I probably could felt like I could have stayed there forever. Mm. So I was like, I need a branch out. Now I'm in NICU and I'm actually, I now float between them both. Are you working at Christchurch um, Hospital? Public. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So yeah. So the neonatal intensive care unit yeah. and yeah, the children's acute assessment unit. Awesome. Yeah. Can you just explain, because I didn't know until we once ended up there, what the the assessment unit is? So children's assessment unit is, you can only go there, so it's not like an ED, you can't just turn on up and expect to be seen, you have to be referred to from your GP Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. after hours, so I think that's the biggest advice we I should give because we get so many people that turn up to ED and they like get really angry at us because they think they've been accepted so once you've gone to your doctors or gone to after hours you then get referred on to the registrar that's on Mm -hmm. 
He'll take mm-hmm. a phone call, accept you, and then you're told to go to ED, checking at the reception. Otherwise, oh. ED is the same. Like, you can go to ED as well, but it's the same process. You just have to wait in the ED bed instead mm-hmm. for a room to become available. Mm-hmm. There is medical and surgical. So medical, it's only up until 15, and surgical, for some reason, up until 16. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. Mm. And so how long would you stay in the assessment unit before going being admitted usually rule of thumb should be six hours but oh, okay but with them being really full like this year how we had a massive rsv outbreak mm-hmm. medical was full surgical was full so we were just having to keep them in with us overnight as well mm-hmm. so we do adapt right. to what's needed yeah. and again staffing issues as well so if we know the wards are really short staff they do say to us can we keep that child in, down in CAA instead? So yeah. We do adapt. Oh, yeah, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. So how does being a nurse affect your parenting? Are you, do your boys just know to not even bother saying they're ill? <laughs> or... Yeah, no. So I um, asked my husband this question and his instant response was you're terrible you just think the worst (laughs) (laughs) and I guess because I am I only think the worst just jump to conclusions straight away yeah I jumped to conclusions straight away but in saying that when Casper was really sick when he was nine months when I just thought he had gastro when we went to Auckland it just it actually ended up being salmonella so he actually got admitted in Sasha and he was really unwell so my husband then actually said I don't trust anything you say because I keep saying he's right he's right but no he actually was really unwell so I was a bit mm. so sometimes it's really hard because he asked me he just says to me you do what you think you need to do mm-hmm. but then and I obviously I make the call so that since then I've been a bit more nah. <laughs> and then obviously RSV as well so yeah oh, gosh. they do say it's it's the worst being kids of medical parents don't they all those who are yeah important. yeah <laughs> That was the only good thing about being up in Auckland. No one knew that I was a nurse mm. in that place. So <laughs> yeah. it was, no one kind of knew me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet that is quite nice. I yeah. just think the worst all the time anyway. So <laughs> I'm not even a nurse. I always just think it's the worst possible thing, like surely. And then I get on Google and stuff and it's just, it's a, a slippery yeah. slope from Google's there. Google's the worst. Oh, mm. Yeah, Google actually is the worst. Do you get lots of parents turning up being like, yeah. Google says? Yeah, oh. yeah, and especially in Nuku. Mm. Yeah. So what do you do when your little one gets their first cold or temperature? Is there an age when we should be more concerned than other times? A temperature for a newborn, yes, Mm -hmm. I'd be concerned um, because we obviously want to find out the cause of that. So Mm. for a newborn, but otherwise a toddler or even kind of like, I'd say six months onwards because zero to three months, definitely I would be concerned. A temperature for us though is 38 degrees. Mm. So some people, parents say I've got 37.5 and it's like, that's right. Mm. So it's 38 After that, so if you do have a newborn and they are very hot, Mm. that is a concern. Yeah. But otherwise, if it's a toddler, we do say, unfortunately, it is your body's own way of fighting an infection and there's nothing really you can do about it. Mm -hmm. 
apart from okay. paracetamol, love and care, yeah. and being awake all night with your little one. <laughs> That's, yeah. yeah. Unless they have a whole range of different things that come with it. Mm -hmm. So like a rash, even though rashes are so many viral rashes. But if it's just like a fever and a cough, it's just viral. Yeah, okay. okay. And antibiotics will not treat it. Oh, yeah. So before three months, and if they have a temperature, do you just go, would you go straight to the GP or would you go straight to after hours or ED? Um, Either or. Okay. If you can get into your GP, obviously your GP, they all yeah, they just need to be seen, yeah. and obviously yeah. they still they all have to be referred to the registrar anyway in CAA. People say ring Healthline, they will literally just right, say okay. go to the doctor. Mm. That's so good to know. So what is the difference then between yeah. them, like when they do turn three months? Is it just that they're bigger and can fight it better? Well, yeah, and then obviously someone zero to three months, you can want to know what more that they've got. Like a four-week-old baby really yeah. shouldn't, yeah. you know, shouldn't have anything going wrong. And if it does, it is normally mo- – the most common thing normally is like a UTI. Okay. Mm-hmm. And a UTI in the baby is actually really right. serious. Yeah. That's probably the biggest thing, but there's obviously many other things yeah. as well. Yeah, But UTI is – It's quite common. Okay. So, Sinead – so it is pretty scary, isn't it, when your baby first gets a cough or cold or runny nose, isn't it? Mm. Oh, yeah, it totally is. Terrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, I will always remember it. When they do get that first cough or cold, say, you know, somewhere between six and 12 months, what should you mm. do at home? Well, now, have no visitors. Mm. Don't, just don't send them to preschool. I really feel that because my daughter was sick I would say probably from April to August Mm. maybe September this year like constant it was she'd have something get over it and then a few days later she'd have something else and she missed out on so much preschool but then I was thinking I'd go in and I'd see children who were unwell at preschool I'm like why can not everyone be like me and keep their and child home when they're sick. Because even if she has like a little sniffle, I don't even send her because I don't want others to get on well. Mm. So yeah, I just, and I and I guess for working parents, it's hard. it would be absolutely, and it would be hard. Yeah, but um, and uh, they do say the first year of a preschool life. I don't know because Carter hasn't done a first year. I've been mm. pretty lucky; he hasn't had to. So um, I'm not quite sure, but. They do say it takes like a year to build it up, and I yeah. am all for building up your immunity, but yeah. yeah, you just need to keep them home. And the other thing is it's not so much food. So if your baby is on solids, so let's say if they're six months and older and they're already on solids, don't worry about the solids. It's literally just the fluids. Okay. So um, a baby, toddler, us even we can survive without food it's just water Mm -hmm. so how you get that into them is up to you but like ice blocks just anything anything to do with the fluid okay Okay. when do you know that they haven't got enough fluid other than seeing how much is coming in when do you start worrying so wet nappies Mm -hmm. if it's decreased to what they normally have Mm -hmm. and then obviously things like which is going to be quite hard but what we look for is nurse so like sunken eyes cat refill dry mouth is their skin looking really dry and they like constantly uh, like dry you know like just wanting water yes so but they just can't Mm, that'll be my first concerns have you got any good tips for getting (laughs) 
fluids into them because we've had this exact issue where they've been a bit dehydrated and it's just I think when they're really young you know under six months it's so hard to get fluids into them yeah what do you any good yeah. tips um syringe mm-hmm. if it, if you really can't then obviously you need to seek medical attention because they if they are under six months and you can't get any fluids into them obviously as a concern so whether they then need a nasogastric tube and they have the pediolite or oh, IV fluids yeah. so um there is so much you can do and when giving fluids say by a syringe for Mm. a baby or a child around six months or so um would you are you suggesting like breast milk or formula or is best or is water okay to try and get into them as well yeah eight six months yeah water and pedialyte when do you recommend starting starting that a child or baby will actually only take because it is gross pediolite if they are dry and if they actually need it because of ph and what it's made up of so a well baby isn't going to sit there and drink it right so if they are unwell and they're really chugging it back through the syringe then you know that they are dehydrated Mm -hmm. because that's what the first thing so if they do end up in hospital end up in caa that would be the first line of treatment Mm -hmm. okay we call it hydration therapy and that will be given a bottle of pedialyte and it's like every five minutes you've got to give them so much um, syringe pedialyte in their mouth Mm -hmm. and if they can't tolerate that then it will be like i said either nasogastric tube or iv fluids Mm -hmm. and are ice pops genuinely a good way of getting fluids into them absolutely but then again a baby like what six nine month old baby Mm. will suck an ice but if they will totally so but that will be the biggest advice one and onwards Mm -hmm. maybe if they will have ice blocks my daughter lives on ice blocks and (laughs) anytime she even gets like a little bit unwell or something the first thing she asks for is a lemonade ice block yeah and and that's really good and if that's all they eat and drink that's fine if they do then have a cough at home or like a runny nose and you know both for under ones and over ones what can you do to make it better because I know they're not allowed cough medicine are they no so we don't do cough medicine we use if they've got a runny or blocked nose saline drops so you can either get saline drops at the chemist mm-hmm. or it is really just salty water. Um, and you do, it is quite awful to do, but you can put it up their nose to clear their nose. That is really awful. Just like a half a mil each nostril okay. up their nose to clear it. So that is my first go-to is I always do saline drops. And then a vaporizer if you've got one at home. Mm-hmm. And just good old remedies like Vicks. Yeah. It's just unfortunately it's not it's, really too much you can so do. Just literally ride out Pamel. Yeah, because it's just a viral. Oh, that is so hard, isn't it? Because you just you just mm-hmm. want to make it better when they're snotty and yeah. can't breathe and lying down. You can if they are in a cot or in a bed and they are old enough to roll over or sit up can put pillows or blankets under the head of their bed to raise help raise them so um i do do that quite often Mm -hmm. because it's like as soon as they lie down they just cough 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 worse yeah so if you can raise the head of the cot just ride it out good ride it out Mm. i know 
So how do we treat fevers at home? This is definitely something that I never feel confident about. Whenever Mm. my daughter has a fever, I honestly, I just go into freak out mode. And I think it's because I've heard about those things that, that can happen if they get their fever too high and they oh, can... Oh, febrile convulsions. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm so yeah. paranoid about her getting one of those. So how? Yeah. Um, what can people do to help treat a fever at home? Again, just paracetamol. And if they're old, old enough, they can have ibuprofen. Mm-hmm. Ibuprofen should only be used if they're still drinking and eating. Okay. okay. So don't give it otherwise. Mm-hmm. And just make sure that they're not clothes so just strip them completely off okay. into the nappy or undies mm-hmm. and just you know just use cold flannels yeah. okay but really it is just your body's own way of fighting the infection which is good yeah but again like you say people unfortunately can experience a febrile convulsion what mm-hmm. is that so that is just where you just get hot and it's basically your body just shuts down mm-hmm. it's like i'm too hot i just I'm shutting down and then a baby or a toddler will have a seizure, a full chronic seizure. If that happens, the only thing you can do is just keep them safe. So if they, let's say we're on the couch, maybe just put them on the ground, put them in a safe area, remove everything around them so that they're not going to hurt themselves, mm-hmm. hit themselves or anything, keep them safe. And then obviously afterwards just lie them on their side. If they have just one and it is under two minutes, then it's okay. Gosh, two minutes seems like such a long time. It yeah, does. and I know people would freak out and I would too and I probably would ring 111. Mm-hmm. But by the time they get to us, normally it's just, you know, viral. They're right. Yeah. They're having like back-to-back ones. Yeah. Then definitely ring them. Another thing that can actually cause seizures is, and I had it recently when I was working in CAA and I learned something, um, there was a gastro bug going around and a wee boy came in and he was having seizures and never had seizures before and he had a temperature and we were a bit like, oh, he's right. But he actually had really bad diarrhea, so gastro can cause seizures oh, wow. as well. Okay. So if they mm, do have a seizure, which I don't know. then you they should be seen by... Do you go to after hours or ED or do you just uh, wait until the GP's open? What should you do? If they just had one, then, and if it's Monday to Friday, I would just, it would be hard not to panic. Mm. If you're at all concerned, do just ring 111. That is my only advice I can give. Do just ring 111 if you are at all concerned. Um, So my next question is one that (laughs) concerned me so many times. At what point when they have a temperature do you go to the GP or do you go to the hospital? Because I know that, you know, that day that you think, oh, they're a bit hot, you then read their temperature, it's, you know, over 38 and you think, okay, we'll just do PAMOL and hopefully it goes away. The next day it's the same and you think, should I be doing something about this now? Or just at what point do you, do you, yeah, really panic? What point do you just go to the GP? Yeah, so if it's just happened for one day, absolutely, it's fine. With the temperature, of course, it depends. So definitely if it's been for five days, absolutely, you need to. But when we say five days consistently for five days, it needs to be above 38. Okay. Oh, gosh. Because you need to start looking at other things. Like there's whole many other things out there. Mm -hmm. You just need to 
make sure that it's consistent is there anything else happening so if they've literally just got a cough like a viral and a running um in a fever mm-hmm. and it only was like two days it's fine okay. <laughs> but if they're starting to get things like rashes which you can get many many different types of rashes um rashes the biggest one is obviously the meningitis one so if you do push your finger on the rash so mm. the spot and if it doesn't go away then obviously that's a non-blanching particular so that's a, is a, a concern not a concern all the time yeah but can be i know that when i've the few times i've called the plunket line that's one of the questions they always ask me yeah and they tell me they've told me to get like a glass and put mm. put it against the rash and I just we just literally just push, push it, it with okay. your finger. Okay. Yeah, just hold it yeah. down and yeah, just release it. Okay, great, that's good. Because there's so many different types of rashes. Oh Normally yeah, it is literally just viral. Yeah. But if they are getting rashes, like and they're kind of like pinpricks mm-hmm. in a way. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. In the red, that is a concerning one. Yeah. So would you, if say, if you have one of your boys at home and they've had like a fever and a cough. And if you get to day five and it's been fine when they're on PAMOL and things, but otherwise they've always got a fever, you'd go to the GP on day five, would you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's okay. really yeah, good just to know. Because you never know what else is, or you never know what else is happening. Like a UTI, for instance, oh, it's yeah. really, is a, it's like a common one mm-hmm. is a UTI. Right. Yeah. And what do they yeah. do okay. with the, if they have a UTI? How do, how do you know if they have one? And well, how does the GP know? So obviously you have to, clean catch it so <laughs> you can it's again really different with every age so if that's a baby then we need to get a clean catch so of we urine. have to catch the wee right. yeah easier said than done <laughs> yeah well yeah it is it's really hard but if it's like a newborn we then have to do bloods and all that oh, okay. but um if it's a toddler and you really can just know that they've got a temperature and we can catch it then it's pretty simple mm-hmm. and and then unless it's a newborn baby, it should just be oral antibiotics, okay. newborn baby. Unfortunately, you will have to stay in hospital for about five days minimum for IV antibiotics. So it's a, it's very different for the age. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But basically, if you've got a newborn child that's unwell, you just need to go to see yeah. it as soon as you can. Because a newborn child should really be. shouldn't yeah. be unwell. Yeah. And just on the, <laughs> on the going, going to the GP with the fever... If day five of fevers falls on a Sunday, as it inevitably will, would you go to after hours at that mm. point? If you're concerned yeah. and because you're the mother or the father are at all concerned, just take them. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. There's no point because then, you know, doctors getting into doctors these days are hard anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And so once you're in CAA, what's the process? Do you just get like observed or a test run on you? Like what happens once you get there? Yeah, so normally, so you get seen by the nurses, and then um, we just get a whole lot of history and recordings, and then we just go from there. And then you normally get seen then by the house officer, then the registrar, and obviously the registrar will tell us what to do. And then either we make a plan and we do tests and wait for tests and can go home, or if the tests come back with something, then that's where we make a plan, like you need IV antibiotics, or mm-hmm. so then we admit you. Oh, okay. And the observations you do, is it just like temperature or? Yeah, so stock standard ones, blood pressure, temperature, heart rate, respiratory rate, saturation. Okay. And then it 
we branch out. So if a baby, if I know a baby's coming to me with a fever, I would then always tr- ask the mum to catch urine mm-hmm. and right. then they are more likely that they will need bloods and a lumbar puncture. Mm-hmm. Right. Gosh. Gosh. So what, what are the most common things that you see in CAA? Mm. Vomiting, diarrhea, fevers, rashes. And then like it is um, head injuries. Mm concussion and we get a lot of blue card patients that so a blue card patient is a patient that's got access into CAA so they don't have to go to their doctors or hospital or anything they can ring us directly mm-hmm. because they've been diagnosed with something that means that they need urgent care ah, so okay. um, they can ring us and obviously it depends what's happening like so this winter for instance RSV so mm. everyone that was coming through was RSV mm. <laughs> gosh it was so bad so, wasn't it I feel like yeah the majority of toddlers I knew had it at some point Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was really bad. Yeah. Just on that, with things like coughs and colds, how how long should you keep them away from going to play dates and baby groups and story times and things like that with a fever or a cough and a runny nose? So if they've been treated with antibiotics and they've had a diagnosis, then it's about 48 hours. But if they have got a cough and a cold and all that, it's literally once your symptoms have stopped. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, okay. That's the rule of thumb. So as soon yeah. as they've stopped coughing. Because it's a viral illness. Yeah. Most of the stuff that toddlers and babies get is just viral. Yeah. Yeah. And would you ask... Sorry, I'm just, I've got so many questions. Would you... <laughs> I'm more interested in this now that I've had a second child because with... For Hector, I think we once counted, he had over 12 viruses in his first year of life purely because his yeah. brother was just bringing everything home yeah. and we, we were going out and doing a lot more. So how much do you think it's good for them just to get stuff and how much do you think we should really be protecting them from catching things? I think especially just with RSV, I remember when we went to the hospital with RSV, they said it was because it was so bad this year because they hadn't got it the year before and they, there wasn't as much exposure. Yeah. So then it, you're, then I was thinking, yeah. oh, so should I be just letting Hector catch everything? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, a really big question. Oh. Um, oh, it, on, that is a huge question for the fact that it is so hard when your child is sick. Yeah. It's exhausting. Oh, it really yeah. is. So I think it just comes down to what type of mother you are and what beliefs you have around that one. Because for me, I really wrapped after Casper got sick as well and ended up in hospital with RSV. I really wrapped him up and felt like a bubble wrap. Like I didn't, I was just, I got really strict actually. I like, if you're sick, nah. Right, yeah. Mm. So, but that's only because we had a rough one and I guess it then comes down to like how bad have they been and how sick are they, have they been diagnosed with something Mm. and especially, you know, not to bring up COVID, but if you've got an immunocompressed child with COVID around, yeah, it's going to be all these factors. And then next year, I guess they're thinking that because this year we didn't really have a flu because everyone was in lockdown, that next year's flu as well is going to be pretty bad. Oh, so awesome. Yeah. yeah. Something to look forward mm. to next year. Uh, so yay. you'd definitely recommend yeah. getting the flu vaccine for your children. 
Yeah, I get the flu vaccine. I haven't yet with the kids, but I definitely thought we'll get it next year for them. Unfortunately, and like I said, unless they've got something that is... Oh, you have to pay for it. You have to pay yeah. for it. Mm. Yeah, so I'm not quite sure how much it is. Okay, so that's worth okay. putting on the schedule for next year. Get the flu vax. Yeah. And does it get better once they start school? Are they... Well, they do say that, but I just think every child is so different. Yeah. We've done no nothing different from all three of ours, but our youngest has seemed to got everything under the sun. Yeah. Mm. So you mentioned that something that you see quite often coming into CAA was head injuries. What do we do when they bang their heads? What What are some things that we need to look out for and when do you need to go to the doctor? So obviously if a head injury happens instantly and they lose consciousness, that's not good. And also around how they've done it. So if they've lost consciousness, fallen over, really hurt the head, you don't just pick up and move them because, again, you've got to think about a spinal injury. Oh, so okay. basically it always reverts back to mother's instant. If you are at all concerned around how they injured themselves, mm-hmm. then just ring 111. Yeah. Okay. So if they just get a head bang in the house and you get that like silence and then deafening screen or at the playground, but they don't get knocked unconscious, what do you do in that moment? Is it ice or do you just check it's not bleeding? Yeah, just ice and just ice, love and care. Okay. They're not bleeding, no cuts, bruises. But if they've just, head, head is a pretty strong but if they have had a head injury, then they would need a proper head injury. They would need to be seen in CAA or ED because we have to do like neuroobs that on them because you can get like that delayed concussion. Ah, uh, <sighs> so is that if they get knocked unconscious? Mm. Right, okay. And if they do get a, I'm asking this because we had this two weeks ago um I feel like we've had it all so far <laughs> but um, <laughs> Boys. it really is isn't it their head starts bleeding because they have hit it quite hard on something what in that moment I mean I panicked just saw the blood panicked put a towel on it and then thought mm. it's not stop heads bleed so much I couldn't believe how much it was bleeding in mm. like mouths they all bleed so what yeah what in that situation what do you do do you just get them straight to a hospital or after hours if their head's bleeding just again depends on like what type of parent you are like if you can calm them down and have a look at what is hurt because like you say it could just be a wee cut but just constantly bleeding it's like if you get one in the mouth like it will just pour out with blood so it just depends on how and what it looks like so if you can assess it because obviously not every head needs to be glued or stitched yeah. and it's just a regraze. So if you can assess it before taking them in, absolutely. Okay. Mm. And I was in a situation where I had both of them at home on my own and his yeah. was bleeding quite a lot and it was quite it was quite deep and open. So they said he needed stitches. But I didn't know what to do because I thought, surely I need to get him into the car seat, but I also need to hold pressure on this. What do you do? And that's because when I got there, the doctor said, did you not think about putting a helmet on it? to (laughs) stop him from touching it but I mean that hadn't even crossed my mind in the moment yeah that didn't even cross my mind again I think just reverts back to um really if you can't get from A to B I guess you can just ring 111 right okay yeah that's true again that didn't cross my mind yeah being home alone when injuries happen it's pretty it's not fun just keep pressure on it until you get to the hospital (laughs) yeah but like you say it's really hard 
in the in the car. Aren't yeah, they? so hard. You know? He did say to me, and that in the back seat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And just gushing with blood. <laughs> yeah. So thinking about treating stuff at home, what would you always keep in your house? Oh, in what would be your your kit list to keep in your house? Obviously, Pamel and ibuprofen. I'm assuming and ice packs. Is there anything else that yeah. you, sh- you say we should keep? If your child's got an allergy, obviously, definitely like an EpiPen. Oh, gosh. They do say like gloves just in case, you know, you're trying to treat someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, sticking plasters or big bandages. I'm trying to think what's on mine. Do you, would you use antiseptic spray? or is it antiseptic? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I do... But if it's not bad enough, then and you can treat it yourself, yes. But then obviously not everyone's confident enough to do that and everyone acts so differently. Okay. The other one is, you know, like bee stings is quite a common one at this time of year. Oh, so, yeah. Um, yeah, getting like a bee sting and that happened to Casper down at the Sunder Park <laughs> the other weekend. What do you what do you do with that if they have a bee sting? I just, it depends what type of bee it is. So either you know, they leave the stinger in or so you've got to flick it out. You don't pull it, you've got to flick it. Ah. And do you give them antihistamines? So if you've got them at home, yes, but obviously not everyone has. So um, cetrazine for babies. Um, so I've got some just because we think Casper might be allergic to peanuts. So I luckily had some. So I did. But if they haven't been prescribed it and you are at all concerned and they've never had a bee before and it's obviously getting red, swollen, any of those types of symptoms, you just need to ring 111 oh, because okay. they're having a reaction. Right, okay. So don't give antihistamines unless it's been discussed before with a GP. Yeah. Oh, that's really good to know because I've always wondered exactly that. Yeah, if you hit it at home, you should be fine. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, okay, good to know. Do you have any tips for getting medication, in particular Panadol, into babies and toddlers? If you can mix it with something, getting someone else to do it or see if they can do it themselves. Oh, okay. Otherwise, it's just luck. Okay, that's really good to know. Thank you so much for answering all the questions. We had so many. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> it's it's we've, all right. Like we've just been stuck in that situation so many times where you get to like day five or six of fever and you're like, oh, what do we do? Yeah, it's normally the commonest one is fevers. And when they first get just sick, cold. you just don't know what to do, do you? Because it's not like an adult. No. Yeah, and when they're both sick, it's... Dire. Yeah, dreadful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just look after the mum. Yeah, oh, definitely. You just feel like you come out of this bubble, don't you? Once you see the world again and think you're out of the sickness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We definitely had that this year as well. Yeah. so. So we just ask anyone that we interview before we finish, do you have, can you think of one baby product or item that you couldn't live without? White noise. We love our white noise in this house. Have you got like a white noise machine or do you just use it on your phone or iPad or something? No, I've got a white noise machine and I actually, I bought one so both kids use it. And I just literally bought, it's like the Monkey V-Tech one from um, Kmart. Mm I bought it online, uh, 40 bucks or something. And the other one, um, I have two okay. that I live by. So White Noise and um, the Wall Babe Sleep Sacks. Love oh. them. That's all. I don't use duvets. I use Wall Babe Sleep Sacks. They're so good, aren't they? Yeah. 
Yeah, so good. And then because you know how like they wriggle and so I started using them when when they both got out of more, yeah, for the younger ones, not Cooper because I think Cooper, I don't know if it was around then, but we didn't use them for him. <laughs> um, but definitely the younger two um, when they got out of the bassinet. Oh, yeah. So the wool babe sleep sacks. But white noise, we basically, we use on like day day one as soon as we got out of the hospital yeah it's so good isn't it especially when I find we started using it when we were away staying at other places because it's so great isn't it for when you're traveling yeah yeah and even like for I found like when Casper came home from hospital and Carter was trying to have his day nap yeah like it kind of like washed out all that noise and at like nighttime as well So, um, yeah, so definitely, yeah, I love my white noise and um, the sleep sacks. Thank you so much for answering those questions. It's been amazing just hearing all those tips for what to do and when to do it because it's so stressful when, especially when you're a first-time mum and they get their first bugs and colds and coughs. You just, oh, it's horrible. I think most mums end up crying. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and just shed the load, really, I think. Yeah. Oh, it takes a village when they're sick, doesn't it? Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Village and coffee. I've got a friend (laughs) who always drops up a magazine and a drink like a coffee for me when... Yeah, I was going to say, and a coffee. (laughs) Whenever I say the kids are sick and that's that's just all you need, isn't it? That's awful. Yeah, it is. It's honestly all you need. And screen time. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's allowed. Definitely. Thank you so much. No, that's all right. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode with Shanae. Yeah, I think it was extremely useful for all of us, especially with mm. heading into winter with all the bugs and everything going mm. around. Absolutely. We have a really awesome giveaway with the Sleep Store this week. We just want to give them a massive shout out. Thank you so much, Sleep Store. Um, they have decided that they are giving us or a listener one of the crane humidifiers Mm. um and they very very kindly sent one to me a few months ago when i had two very sick kids and honestly they are great i would just pop it on in their room and i definitely think it helped with unblocking them and um yeah helping with blocked nose and things like that which is extremely challenging for kids when they're sleeping and I found when I was feeding flow it was really hard so I think that definitely helped um yeah so keep an eye out on the Instagram for that and next week our episode is going to be on newborn tips we um polled everyone on um on our Instagram and that was an episode that everyone wanted so hopefully you get something from that so keep an eye out for that one Mm. and yeah thanks so much for listening you can find us on spotify google Podcasts, and apple and we you can also find us on instagram at parentpod.nz have a lovely week guys 